0: Hi, welcome back to Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast. This is episode 11. Uh, and what we've got lined up is an interview with Jenny Campbell, who's the CEO and founder of the Resilience Engine. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things that are related in the you know well-being and, and performance space. And if anything, resilience is probably a more established concept. Uh, and one of these concepts that I looked at ...about 10 years ago uh, when starting on the whole journey of well-being and, and health at work. Uh, so it's good to be back. You know, I, the last uh, episode was episode 10 with Kenil, Kenneth Mickelson, the neo-generalist... Uh, ...which was broadcast uh, towards the end of July. Uh, and I would had hoped to have been back a bit sooner <laughs> after the summer. Uh, so hope hope you, you had a good summer. We're really into autumn now here in Barcelona... Uh, and around the world, but thankfully still nice and, and, and sunny here in, in Catalonia. Um, what's been going on? I mean, the Chief Wellbeing Officer book is, is selling well. Uh, we have uh, had a couple of um, uh, events. Uh, Rory was at the Enlighted uh, conference uh, organised by Spain Startup in Madrid at the beginning of October. Um, we've had a couple of podcasts, and, um, I was interviewed by Mark Bidwell on the Innovation Ecosystem podcast, the leading innovation uh, podcast on iTunes. Uh, that's uh, just been broadcast in the last couple of weeks. And uh, that was the second time that I was on that show. So that was great to to talk again and and, and think about the journey from sustaining executive performance through to to, to chief wellbeing officer. Uh, we have a, a book launch coming up in IE Business School uh, and that'll be great to finally do that it will be the 20th of November uh, and Santiago Iniguez will be introducing Rory and myself at that event that'll be in Madrid and the Business School and the audiobook should be out very soon I know that across um, different channels we've said <laughs> it would have been out by now but it is still quite a big job um, and it isn't because we're doing the audiobook book in Spanish, which I don't think would be very feasible, but we have two Scotsmen trying to read Chief Wellbeing Officer and that should be uh, out very, very soon. We're just putting the finishing touches to that. Um, so getting back to this episode with uh, Jenny Campbell, we talked a lot on resilience, of course, and some really interesting themes. You know, I see, you know, big uh, overlap with, with well-being and, and health in the workplace Um, and and just looking at resilience essentially as adaptability to change and recognising that, you know, as we lay out, especially in Chapter 1 in the Chief Wellbeing Officer book, that we will be uh, confronted with an unprecedented level of change uh, in in our working lives uh, and resilience will really be required to to get through that. She talks um, uh, of the change in... uh, you know, there being a deficit of resilience and actually bouncing back from setback to a more positive sense uh, and actually how we can pace ourselves within within the workplace uh, and, and as she talks about achieving more of a steady state and, and smoothing out the bumps. Uh, so some really good concepts. Another one about being the, you know, less uh, importance uh, attributed towards the, the hero leader. Uh, you know, a hero leader that um, is expected to just Run through obstacles and and maybe not turn out so um, well at the end because of that and, and more of a team-based uh, concept of resilience uh, and a team that has purpose. So a lot of these things um, and and also one more actually on learning, you know, because so we we asked um, we talked about her experiences with IMD Business School. She's an MBA at IMD uh, and uh, for many years. Um, you know, uh, uh, managing the alumni network for Scotland of IMD, and just talking about you know, are these these people the the, the alumni? Are they a particularly resilient bunch? Uh, and she made a point on uh, a lot of these people are, are learners; they're constant learners. Um, and I think with a lot of the talk on lifelong learning these days, that's an interesting point. You know, if you have that curious nature, if you are Uh, adaptable and looking to learn and have that open mindset then I think that will make you more resilient uh, and and less uh, risk of things like burnout because recognizing of course that high performers uh, there is a strong correlation between high performers and and high burnout so this was a great conversation with Jenny Uh, this is episode 11 uh, uh, and I'll leave that with you enjoy see you next time Bye bye So hi, Jenny. Welcome to the Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast.
1: A uh, Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So an easy one to start. Uh, what is resilience?
1: <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thing that you said, it's easy. I think everybody's definition of resilience we have discovered in our research is actually quite different um, so it hasn't been so easy to that's one of our core research questions actually is what is resilience um, and in the kind of normal uh, responses you would get anything from coping you know being tough People talk about bounce back, etc., and that's the predominant kind of definition you get out there. Um, a lot of the current research that exists is also from a deficit point of view. So where you don't have resilience, it's about coming back. Um, but the research that we've done actually shows it's there's a kind of integrated way of thinking about that, and it's it's very simply it's your ability to adapt. Um, or, in another way it's your capacity for change right? so and it's a contiguous thing between coping and even not coping all the way through to um, high adaptability
0: yeah, no, I like that I picked that up on the on the resilience engine website earlier that adaptability to change uh, and it just reminded me of even you know the first chapter in the, in the chief wellbeing officer book where we talk about the kind of the, you know the next generation of change, which is going to be unlike anything that we've seen before mm-hmm, in human mm-hmm. history, and and mm-hmm. how can we all manage and deal with that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also interesting when you talk about bounce back. I remember you know we've we've done a couple of sessions on resilience, just as a very general overview or context to some other issues on on well being and, and performance, and bounce back ability was something uh, that I that I put in there. Um, and I always remember thinking that resilience was something that was, you know, a lot more established. And, you know, and I know there's a lot of overlap, and we'll get your opinion in a second on uh, the link with performance and well-being. But even when I started teaching uh, in, in, you know, Sustainable Executive Performance at ESA Business School and talking a lot about things like, um, you know, dangers of multitasking or even the importance of recovery in a stressful job, you know, people would always come to me and say, you know, I know a resilience coach that talks... Uh, a lot about these themes, and I always had the feeling that resilience was a you know, well-established field, um, and even though perhaps we get more uh, talk on well-being especially, and, and things like mental health the last couple of years, I feel that resilience has been around the while. So for you, you, know, it's 10 years or so resilience engine, what, what's some of the background or things that you've seen the link even with well-being and performance and, uh, and, and just the field of resilience in general?
1: So I mean I think the field of resilience has come up from that deficit. That's an interesting part, and it's also come and been massively infused by um, research into children, um, and adversity. You know, so anything around inequality, um, anything to do with health, public health, etc. Um, so from that point of view, resilience has been around, but I think it's a kind of it, it's been boxed in to that kind of deficit mindset Um, and and you know when we've looked at it our original research was done with leaders Um, it's now extended right across the board and we know that some of the key models that we've got um, are applicable in any domain which is really interesting they are it is adult research so it's not um children's research but um i think you know this idea of it being proactive of being about adaptability rather than if you like the toughness sort of mentality that's out there or I mean, that's the opposite and in fact the more tough you get the more brittle you get and um, so it's, it's very interesting that so um it is an age-old field in one way but there has been if you like uh only one part of it that I think has been really deeply researched. So our research is relatively new, actually, on the block. I mean, yes, it's 10 years, um, but this whole contiguous nature through to um, sustainable high performance. So we know at the highest level of resilience, those with the, that, that level um, remain adaptable no matter what's going on. So what do we mean by that? They are remain energised, um, they're clear on the direction, they remain resourceful. So the resources that are available to them both internally and externally are wholly available in all moments, no matter what's going on. So whether that's, you know, really difficult feedback in the middle of a meeting, whether it is in the face of something personal and um, like health, whether it's in the face of um you know death for example so um you know this ability to remain wholly um resourceful actually gives you options for how you would react um in any particular situation and and to build that you have to do it proactively so those with the highest resilience you know you know they'll age-old sort of 80-20 rule um, is out the window. The new rule of resilience is is, uh, two-thirds, one-third. So people with the highest resilience spend about a third of their time in what we call adaptive capacity. So actually really investing in perspective, refreshing themselves, which absolutely goes to the heart of wellbeing. Um, and pacing. So they will look very proactively down the line at what may be going on. They will seek perspective to ensure they understand that landscape, and they'll be smoothing out the bumps. So, so what you've got is a sort of steady state rather than a reactive state so bounce back would come in where there's a massive challenge and you're punching through it fantastic and high performance needs that um but it but you can't keep doing that because there is a downside which is a massive cost you know of energy and and you know in your book absolutely you know, um, discusses that as does, you know, anything about your executive education, you know that decision making, focus, ability to understand all of that good stuff actually um, is depleted massively. Um, You know, so, so bounce back is a place of, of actually where normal talent sits in fact, um, but it's not the place of sustainable high performance. Um, and going beyond that and getting that fine tuning, um, uh, you know, around all the parts of your resilience really is what what underpins that sustainable high performance.
0: Yeah, I love that um, smoothing out the bumps, right? So, you know, and it goes back to the whole um, mindset or approach of, you know of being adaptable and having the positive case rather than just being good at reacting, so how can they pace um and it was just something that I was I had a conversation uh, last week um on you know high performance because there is a quite a, a strong correlation between high performance uh and high burnout mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that are and, and high engagement as well i think uh, Harvard business review uh .org picked up on that uh, recently as well in an article. Um, so I so resilience in a way, it could, with this pacing, it could, you know, uh, minimize the risks of the burnout, I guess, from these high performers.
1: I think that's absolutely right. So we, in our culture, and in fact, in, in the more recent research that we've been doing, which is about team and organizational um, resilience, so beyond the individual, if you like, um, we absolutely see that um, there is a really traditional view of leadership, which is about the hero, okay, mm. and, that, and that hero um, punching through tough stuff. Um, and of course, we have to, right, I mean, there's no doubt about it. But actually, those who are, you know, investing in their resilience, and I mean by that resilience and wellbeing, being because the two are very synergistic, Um, they're not having to punch through all the time. They're they're steady-stated, a lot of the the situation. So it may not be as exciting, (laughs) Um, but it's definitely more impactful. I mean, just to give you an example, um, when you reverse, if you like, the down bits of bounce back, you can double your capacity.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, looking at research then, um, and, and that's what I think is really interesting about the resilience engine, um, you know, you tell me about the other services that you guys do as well, I guess, you know, working with high performers and coaching people uh, to be more resilient. But first of all, maybe on, on the research side, you know, you've been doing research for several years. Uh, what, what are some of the main questions for you uh, going ahead and, and maybe some of the interesting findings that you've had? Uh,
1: so far? I mean, we've been talking a lot about the findings. Um, Our core uh, research questions that sort of exist no matter where we are and in what conversation um, uh, are twofold. One is, what is resilience? And secondly, how do you build it? Uh, How do you build and support it, I I suppose? Um, So they are at the heart of what we do, and they were certainly the core questions that we started off with. Um, now, when we take that into a different domain, especially in terms of the team and organisational um, resilience, which, as you might imagine, it's the domain of sort of messy stuff, but so many bits and, you know, how do you actually get a sense on that? Um, you know, we are seeing what is resilience for a team? So the models that we have right now, um, we have one called the Resilience Dynamic. Um, a lot of our coaches are, are accredited in the use of that. Um, and that applies no matter what the entity is, whether it's an individual or team or organisation. We know that contiguous nature. Um, so I think we've nailed a lot of the, what is it, but actually in reality, what does that mean for a team? Um, we haven't got the how to build it yet, uh, clearly enough. so. Um, You know, what are the factors that actually contribute towards a team's resilience and different types of teams? What affects it? So, for example, recent research has spun off that different um, business models, and particularly ownership models, um, actually, have an effect on whether the team's resilience is high or low. So, if you're in a family business, that will change. If you're in an entrepreneurial business, that will change. If you're in PLC or public sector, etc. Um, and that—that's really interesting. It's about your proximity to your end client. Um, and how you view your end client and the meaning that is attached to that so if you take it into kind of core resilience terms it's where's your meaning how are you enacting on that meaning every day you know what Simon Sinek would describe as your why um, what that is and how you touch it day to day is affected by, you know, sector. Uh, affected by ownership models, etc. So the resilience kind of research that runs at the moment is very messy, head spinning, hard. Um, but you know, has highlighted aspects um, within a team, things like proximity to the client is really core. Team purpose is your big daddy of resilience and team resilience, no matter what. And, and everybody sort of trades on that, but they take it for granted. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: So what really is your purpose here? Um, so exercises around that, which any good coach would do, um, or even facilitator, but not to take it for granted at all, but to really see, is that made alive in the team day to day and that sort of thing is 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 what we're into now Um, and we've got quite extraordinary kind of insight into the organizational end of it and we've got this idea now of if you like an alignment of a network of resilience assets in an organization and one of which is the top team but it is not the only thing and so an admin assistant can be very important node within that asset and that means that the connection between where's the top team to your admin assistants around the place and <laughs> you know? um, it might be a, an, a, an asset maybe um, the values of the company or it might be a process right so how that all aligns is now what we are researching um, you know so qu- quite big and hairy research uh, but has spun out t- tremendously profound questions around you know organizational performance again
0: no i love that and even the angle on the team it aligns also with loosening of this the orthodoxy of, of the leader as a hero that's just going to bash through the problems that that invariably come to the organization and it fits a lot more with um you know, we hear agile everywhere these days, but, you know, with, with good with good reason. And I, I think it fits, you know, the team level, resilience, looking at assets, uh, looking at the purpose of the team. It fits with this whole agile ways of working mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. going to drive high performance. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and especially in our new world where there's a yeah. collaboration, amount of collaboration um, rather than your hierarchical, you know, we own the market and, you know, this is the way we're organized. It's um, it's uh, you know, it's a much more loose set where where you get value is very much more on a networked basis. So
0: yeah, because I mean, the hero leader, you know, maybe it was good for his ego, but it certainly wasn't good for his health. So he bashed through, uh, you know, crises for a number of years, and he retires and he's not in the best of shape. So, <laughs> you know, mentally and physically. And I think uh, it's a good thing. Uh, you know, all of these things that you're talking about. It, it fits very well with the whole positive organizational research and whole positive leadership type of stuff that i think we need more and more
1: Mm -hmm. i mean and the the well-being side of it i mean the hero leader is protected um and often therefore you know is potentially more healthy than the acolytes that are the followers who are doing the protecting
0: Mm, that's a good point yeah (laughs) Um, um yeah back to you but look um we um so we kind of connected through imd business school um and you mba at the school right
1: yes yes and, many uh, many years ago
0: yeah. <laughs> and then 20 years uh president of the the is it scottish alumni
1: yeah i ran like it for eight actually eight years but station. yeah yeah i mean a good network here we are small but we created a kind of debating um club if you like around business issues which was really
0: fab yeah yeah so resilience first a couple of questions here that i'm interested in um during your mba that you know or looking back did you detect any presence of, of of resilience within that mba do you think it is a gap perhaps that should be there and if so how how could it be taught within an mba or or indeed any Kind of business school executive education environment?
1: That's a fab question. Um, so I think in terms of any of the kind of more OD, organisational behavioural stuff, I think it's implicit and that's I guess the difference between now versus then, which is 20 years ago. It's become more explicit in our discussions Um, So I would expect it to be there. And I know, for example, in the, you know, IMD, um, most executives are are actually assigned a coach as part of uh, the programme and they will be looking at the whole person. So to some extent, some of it's been catered for. Um, It's very, uh, I think it's very indirectly done Um, and nor is it put in the hands of if you like the execs on behalf of their teams, see. So it's all about them going through the program and helping them get out the, you know, in a in a good way, and um, but actually enabling them to bring it through into their organisations. I think you know there is there is a gap there, um, and could absolutely be done. There are people who talk about this, um, but it tends to be at the very individual level. Chris uh, and Walker has done quite a lot of work about you know the well-being end of. An executive life, um, but I, I think it's I think it's not being brought out as a leadership capability on behalf of others.
0: Yeah. Mm. And and looking at your fellow alumni over the years, would you say that they're a particularly resilient bunch? What have you seen?
1: <laughs> mm. So I think one of the core aspects of resilience and it underpins that contiguous nature is your ability to learn. It's, it's not what you're learning about, it's how you're learning. Um, so if you can extend how you learn, um, you, you are contributing to your resilience. Um, and that in, in turn then gives you confidence if you like. So I think those who are at the leadership level tend to be learners. Mm. So I think there's a natural sort of bent towards that. However, the burnout thing is the other danger, they don't take care of themselves. <laughs> so they, if they get stuck in bounce back, I would say where the hero world is, um, rather than that more steady state and being at ease. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, I think there could be a lot done around that. Um, and I think if you, if you took it in explicitly, um, you know, it, it, it could be so much more powerful. And there are m- multiple ways to do that. Um, uh, you know, we actually accredit coaches in bringing that out, you know. Um, the lab could become an accredited body, which actually brings our stuff out and marries your wellbeing with resilience sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think these things could be made much more explicit. Um, and
0: and attitude, do you think? they've changed um, in terms of your own, um, uh, you know, peers uh, during your MBA uh, and then maybe more recent alumni that are coming out of IMD. What what are some of the changes in attitude regarding resilience and, or, or even well-being that you've seen, if any?
1: Uh, so I think that's a really mixed bag. And I think, I think those who are at the top end have this stuff, you know, it, nailed i think they're doing that i think they're taking care of themselves i think you know the 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 sleep um exercise good nutrition the well-being physical aspects of yourself are there i think mental health is everywhere so i think there is a massive change um, in leadership i think there is a conflicted view you have the notion of a of a, a leader being at ease. And I mean, I remember a case study that we all looked at that was, you know, it was 20 years ago, and the guy would go off to golf every day, and we were all kind of like tongues out saying, well, how did he do that, you know, <laughs> and still actually lead this whole company? And it just seemed a sort of nirvana land. Um, so it was in the thinking then. But I think, you know, it, 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 it well-being and taking care of yourself as a leader was there, but actually inherently having that as as part and parcel of performance. I think there's a, there's a conflict there because we still applaud hero leadership getting knackered, and especially from the US. Hmm, um, yeah. So the cultural attitudes there are much stronger towards work, whereas in a European domain, you know, there's more in the field about Working hours and work-life balance, etc. Um, so I think you still get hero leadership, um, and we all kind of our egos as part of leaders want to be the hero. Yeah. Um, so we try and do both, and actually, you just end up with a muddle. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, that's some great, great comments, um, and perfectly links to. Um, yeah, it's a question that I'm going to start asking all of our guests to the to the show now. Uh, in terms of well-being. Um, so for you, what, what what does well-being mean? And if it does have a part in your own life, how do you try and cater for it?
1: I mean, so I think you've probably heard, uh, you know, we see resilience and well-being as synergistic and actually over time they become the same thing. So you can't get to the highest level of resilience without actually really catering for all of the parts of your energy. If you like, energy and resilience are directly related. They're not the same thing, but energy is a big contributor. Um, so the physical aspects, your social aspects, your mental aspects, your inspiration, your you know, the the, the um, you know what you get inspired by um, are all critical elements of resilience. Um, so you know we see it as part and parcel of the same thing. We embed something very similar to your in the SEP and um, that you've got you know we've got our um partners called living proof who bring in their sleep thinking move uh, kind of model and um, the idea of not just doing a self-evaluation but tracking much more powerful day-to-day f- fine-tuning of all of that and um, me myself i'm a you know um good nutrition absolutely got the sleep thing <laughs> i really do take that very seriously <laughs> um that wasn't always that so i was a high performer in the in corporate exec and we can my sleep and i still have to go up at four o'clock in the morning and do the red eye and all that but sleep is a critical part of my resilience um i'm a tennis player um and i I've probably shifted this it's an interesting thing in the research about women versus men. Men are better at refreshing themselves or giving themselves permission to do so. In fact, those with the highest resilience just do it as part and parcel of their life, rather than waiting and doing everything else and saying, oh my gosh, I've run out of time or there's, there's never anything for me or whatever. I don't do that. I'm, I'm you know, healthily selfish about it and I play tennis every week um you know i do pilates um, the one thing i haven't kind of conquered completely is my um food i'm slightly overweight not enormously but you know uh, and so i work at that um i've probably got habits that are really deeply ingrained friday night glass of wine sort of stuff and then you know the next morning needing carbs and and uh, and fat to, to mm. soak it up so you know there's something about actually that steady state being applied and fine-tuning into every domain of your life and once you've got it it, it feels initially i think quite different um you know you don't go boom and bust um, you, you know, it's it's a it, it's a steadier way to be. And so, if you are an adrenaline junkie, actually, you're not going to enjoy that in the first little while. But actually, the benefits of that is the release of capacity is enormous, um, and you can really start to motor and do things that you really want to do. So, um, it takes a while, and it and we would say that resilience is a practice, rather than it's a one-off. well I've got it now, right out the door. So it's not sir. So, training anything and um, the services that we have are related to um bringing in habits and you talk a lot about that you know it's what your habits are and some of your research you know obviously um is about your habits and and, and when is it good to embed and, and trigger a new habit and then keep it going um so making resilience and i mean by that resilience and well-being a, a, a practice yeah. is is really what what i do and i I'm quite amazed at the result, you know, I don't fall over and I'm pretty good at life and actually I'm pretty happy and, you know, and it really works. So I'm kind of like, wow, <laughs> I'll keep doing what I'm doing. This is good.
0: Absolutely. And that, that's the, the, the real test, right? You know, being an entrepreneur and I guess we're, we're kind of similar situations, you know, founding and running a, 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 you know, small company that maybe punches above its weight, you know, we, we, you know, I think we both do, um, pretty good stuff and even just being the entrepreneur and and the founder is often puts a lot of these things to the test um but that's great many thanks for your time jenny wishing you the best of luck with the resilience engine and uh thanks again
1: pleasure a pleasure to be here and uh yeah let's do more